Good evening, everyone. Continuous support for this podcast is provided by RC Health Services. Go to the website, rchealthservices.com. Check it out. If you or anyone you know or love or maybe hate or maybe in between needs to find a place to take awesome courses such as CPR and uh, other EMT courses, uh, it's one of the best places to do so in the world. So check them out. They're based right here in Houston, Texas. Again, it's RC Health Services at rchealthservices.com. Support is also continuously provided by Activated Muscles. Their website is activatedmuscles.com. You can go there and learn more about muscle activation technique and proprioceptive deep tendon reflex. Learn how it can help you. It's, it's definitely been helping me, no doubt, and it's helping many others, no matter the age or size. So check them out. Normally, this is when I cue into some, some music to kind of transition into the part of the podcast, but we're just going to go straight into it. Uh... I'm not in the most I'm not in the most festive mood. Um, I'm not even sure I'll like the decision that I put out this podcast tonight. You know, <laughs> I've I've had to go back and forth on whether I want to even talk about this or. But um, here we are. I've th- decided no better time to air out some things I've been thinking about. Uh, no better time than now, while it's fresh on my mind. Um, the past few days or the past week or so, or just a little over a week, a week and a half, it's been an absolute emotional roller coaster, and not just me. Uh, I'm for I'm sure for many of you, of you as well, or if it hasn't been this past two weeks, or uh, you've had it in your life, but for me, it's been an absolute emotional roller coaster, and what I mean by that is, uh, for you, for those of you who really know me. Or if you're my friend, I've I've shared to you uh, what my brother goes through. My brother is severely schizophrenic, and I've made some posts about it online. I, I have a blog article that I not an article, a blog entry that I I wrote a long time ago, over ten years ago, that I still revisit um, from time to time just to see what I wrote. And I wrote it then to remember what I felt then and how I knew back then. It's what I would feel no matter what, no matter when, uh, no matter how long, how much time has gone by. Um, about a week and a half ago, uh, my brother who lives with my parents, uh, we had to call the authorities in to take him to a psychiatric uh, inst- a clinic uh, where he can be he can be treated. His symptoms got a bit uh, out of control, and it's not the first time it's happened. It happens uh, a few times for my brother, and and those of you who uh, know anybody with schizophrenia or maybe you're schizophrenic yourself, um, these things happen, and uh, it's it's life. Uh, it's estimated that about one percent of the population has schizophrenia. So, upon that estimation, for every hundred people, one person in that group will be dealing with schizophrenia, and not just that person, but all of their family. Their friends. It's a very difficult situation. Um, and the night after that happened for my brother, for my family, or the night after he was taken, um, I got I got an email from Korea, <laughs> and all of you know about this because I I've been a bit unashamedly bombastic about it on Facebook, but. I've been raising money to go compete in Korea 
to embark upon an opportunity of a lifetime, honestly. Uh, not just because it's a big competition, but I haven't been, I haven't been to Korea in over 20 years. Uh, it's where my family's from. So it's just a great opportunity in general. And so simultaneously, I've been dealing with preparing to go to Korea and also finding out the immediate fate of my brother or trying to figure it out what's in store for him uh, as he isn't always able to make those decisions on his own. Um, so my brother spends some time in the psychiatric clinic um, where things are going well. Unfortunately, he can't stay there because uh, insurance policies are the way they are. The medical industry is is the way it is, and uh, he had to be released. And it became very clear to me and my parents. My parents. It's been clear to my parents for a while, but it became very clear to me on this trip to the psychiatric clinic for my brother. My parents are too old. Uh, my brother's too old, and it's it's time for us to explore ways for him to to live outside of the home, to have his care be outside of our control, or we can take care of him but not have him live in my parents' house. And right before the clinic decided to discharge him based completely on his insurance policy, um, I was able to ask the the staff at the clinic to find a place to place my brother, uh, a group home, as a lot of people are familiar with, maybe in your neighborhood where you grew up or you've seen a house with a group of adults that seemingly aren't taking care of themselves. They have supervision. That's a group home. And God bless those people who do that. And that's where my brother is currently. And my brother, uh, while he was in the clinic, he was prescribed new medications. Actually, more medications to go on top of his medications that he's already taken. Antipsychotics, diabetes medications, cholesterol, all these medications that are a result of the side effects of his antipsychotic medicines. And just to see all these medicines stack up on his on his file, I, I was just I was just distraught. I'm I'm someone who, maybe to a fault, I, I definitely abstain from taking any medication. I don't even like to take uh, anti-inflammatory things like Tylenol and Advil. I don't like taking those. Uh, I very rarely take the antibiotics. I can remember off the top of my head, you know. A few times where I've used antibiotics. Um, not to say that I might not need them in the future. I probably will. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of not, I'm not thrilled to, to deal with pharmaceuticals. And my brother, these these medications, not just for my brother, for, for a lot of people, you know, uh, to, there's a lot of medications that that are designed to help you alter your behavior. And it's it's a bit wild ride for my brother. He, he's been prescribed just about every antipsychotic on the market. Some work, some don't. Some work horribly, or some just don't work. Uh, he goes on a psychotic episode. He has to be submitted, or he gets arrested. I don't know. If you, if you're somebody who's known somebody with schizophrenia or dealing with it yourself, you know this story completely. Um. So my brother's been on every drug. He's been prescribed more drugs. He's been prescribed. From this doctor recently, you know, heavier drugs, things that pretty much will sedate him. Now, there is a common drug in my brother's life that he is he has become become very familiar with. Um, ever since he was a teenager, um, 
When he was a teenager, he partied a lot. And there's no doubt all the drug use then, the recreational drug use he had then, pretty much led to his uh, mental state. Um, for a lot of people, they might experiment with some drugs when they're teenagers and they they might be fine. Uh, but that is a very fragile time in, in your brain. And for my brother, it didn't quite work out for him. It affected him. He smoked a lot of cannabis when he was a kid. Uh, he probably got into some other psychedelics. He was partying quite a bit. Um, he was he was lost. You know, my, my brother, my brother, he he came here as an immigrant. Uh, my brother and my parents, they had to go through the struggle of finding their way in this land. I mean, it's not like they came here and saw, saw a lot of immigrants that were looked similar to them. There wasn't there wasn't as strong of a community and in. And the Korean community that is in Houston, that was, especially back then, mental wellness and uh, social wellness was back then, maybe a little bit now, but more so back then, was not a subject that you wanted to discuss publicly. There was a stigma. I mean, actually, that's probably just a, a thing that you can say about all of us, all Americans back then. The stigmas are, we're, you know, we're always hearing about how the social stigmas towards mental illness are are being broken more and more every day. And that's a good thing. But my brother, at that point in his life, cannabis was harmful to him. And he uh, he had a psychotic break around 23. I remember this vividly. I was 13. He was 23. I remember seeing my brother, uh, my hero. I remember seeing my hero going to a mental state where he could not control himself, where he had to be submitted, and uh, ever since then, it's been a wild ride. That was about 1997. Actually, the last time, that was the last time I went to Korea, about 1997, and uh, ever since then, he's been on a lot of pharmaceuticals, he's uh, been in and out of jail. He's he spent some time in a group home in California. And that was good for him, but one of his friends like kidnapped him and brought him back to uh, Houston, which is crazy, but uh, kind of impressive, but crazy. <laughs> if I were to bring some type, some type of humor into it. Uh, anyways, since then, twenty years goes by. Every day is is uh, a big question mark for for me, my mom, my dad, my brother, especially for my mom who. Uh, Lived with my brother for a long time. My dad spent a lot of uh, his adult life as a, as a truck driver. So he was on the road a lot. And he was home for weekends, of course, where he was with my brother. And I, I've been living out of the house for most of my adult life. So uh, dealing with my brother has been a part of our lives and a part of anybody's lives who has a family member with mental illness. And, uh, you know, uh, probably in the past five years, my brother had run into more and more trouble with the law not just the law but more trouble in society and public uh to be getting kicked out of starbucks to uh having weird behaviors around people to where it really alarmed uh parents kids he had uh, a run-in at the mall where he uh kind of backlashed at a cop that got him to jail uh he got out of jail and one day about a year ago my brother comes home and he 
he has a little bag of weed on him. And my, of course, my whole family just like, what the hell is this? How did you get this? This is the stuff that ruined your life. And, you know, it probably did. It probably did, especially because he was so young. You know, that's what I want to point out. Uh, but he he uh, he smoked it. And we remember that the same thing, it, was, it had the same effect on him that it did back then. When he smoked it, he, was, he, he became extremely calm. He became extremely docile. He was no longer a threat to the neighbors. We, I wasn't worried about him walking out of the house uncontrollably and just yelling down the street. You know, having the cops come over seemed like every other week because somebody reports something about my brother. My brother would just smoke a little weed, sit on the couch. You know, he might just start laughing or something like that and watch a, a DVD. And that's kind of annoying because he's not being incredibly productive. But what he's not doing is going out and endangering himself. I, I noticed that when he started smoking weed again. And it was it was a conflict because here's a drug that we associated so much with him becoming, uh, slipping him into his mental state, which I, I do think it did, especially considering he smoked at a very fragile time in his brain's development. And... Um, but now to see that drug totally eliminate the dangers that he might present to people around him and to himself, it was, it was a moment of conflict. And my parents had a very hard time with it because they were also very conflicted. They knew that when he was high, he wasn't going to be a problem. And when he wasn't high, he was going to be a huge problem. Now, what I will say is when he, when he wasn't high recently, it seemed like his symptoms got worse of schizophrenia. But to help him snap out of it very easily, he just needed to hit a joint or hit, you know, get a little hit of the weed. And then, boom, he'd be back to being very, uh, very calm, very chilled out. And I had many conversations with my parents about it. They're like, well, you know, the weed is bad and it's, it's illegal and it's all of that. And it's, uh, he shouldn't do it. And I, but I told them one day and I asked them one day. I said, "Mom, Dad, when my brother, when, our, when you know, when my brother, your son smokes a little weed, he chills out, and and there's no, there's it's his things are very uneventful, which is very good for him, and there's just about no physical side effect. The only real concern is that when he becomes unhigh, he's a concern. Now, with his pharmaceuticals, when he takes pharmaceuticals, uh." They can sometimes help, and they inevitably wear off. Uh, and what is inevitable? What another thing that's ine- inevitable about these pharmaceuticals is that they wreck his body. They wreck not only his body, but they just they wreck. Yeah, they wreck his body physically. And so, when he doesn't take these pharmaceuticals, does his psychosis elevate? Probably, yeah. So let's make a choice here, or let's see. Let's see which one's bad. One is the street drug that when he smokes it, it has no no physical side effects whatsoever. And it eliminates the potential for him to be a menace to society. And the other kind of almost helps his psychosis and it definitely wrecks his body. Now, I'm not sitting here like full-blown advocating for cannabis. I'm just reporting what I've seen in my life. I, I, I know some research. I know some. I've graded some research on research on this subject. Uh, you know, it seems to be there's a lot of consensus that 
cannabis is not good for your brain. And I, I'm not going to disagree with that, but I'm only reporting. I'm only reporting what I observe. What have I observed? I've observed exactly what I explained to you in the past, you know, ten minutes or so. That this this stuff, it, it the cannabis, it 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 chills them out. <laughs> it makes life easier. It made life easier for him, for me, my parents, and I'm not saying it's the most optimal solution. Because the cannabis he's smoking has like a really high psychoactive component of the THC, and probably very low CBD, and it's not good for his long-term mental health. But again, he's not walking out on the street <laughs> threatening society. So this leads me to something that I, I think could be a, a solution to all of this. We need to legalize cannabis now. I'm not saying that just to, you know, have the ability to keep my brother high all day. We we couldn't afford that. Uh, what I'm saying is, I propose what I, you know, my my line of logic that I'm thinking about is that if you legalize cannabis all across the country, then you might have more of a, a varied product line. You might have more customization in what you're buying. Uh, you'll have more. You might invoke more research into cannabis you might you might more have more sophisticated strains of cannabis that treat certain things because it's undeniable it's undeniable in my vision no in my observation when my brother my psychotic brother smokes weed he he just he's not out there threatening people and that was always the concern every day when we woke up when my brother was just using pharmaceuticals it's crazy. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not one. I'm not really on here to tell you what you should think about cannabis. I'm not going to tell you. You know what? I'm not going to tell you if it's good or bad. What I want to tell you here is that. What I want to illustrate is what I've observed in my personal life, in my brother's life, in my parents' life, and I do hope that there is a future for using cannabis. To treat mental illness. Now there are certain cannabis strains. That are not good for mental illness. But as long as it is illegal here. we In Texas. You're going to see a very limited. Variety of cannabis. And most of that cannabis product. That makes you here. Is going to be kind of leaning towards. More of the psychoactive uh, components. More so than the other. Many components of the plant. That can help all of us. With different situations. Of course we know about CBD. And, uh, but also, you know, just buying CBD at the store, I don't think it's enough. I think it's, we have to, we have to find ways to make sophisticated plants and sophisticated products. Uh, maybe CBD, you know, we can play with the ratios, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all of this just for my brother. I, I personally am not a user by most definitions. Actually, I can't be because there's a, there's a chance that I, you know, depending on my work or depending on, uh, Maybe if I start throwing even further, <laughs> they're going to test me. And in college, I was always prone to drug tests. So I'm not, I'm not someone who used it a lot. I'm just thinking about my brother. I'm thinking about what it could do for people. But to these companies and these doctors are pumping out these medications that are harming, that are just killing the body. And I'm, I've witnessed in my own life that my psychotic brother can just take a few puffs of a, of a, of a plant and... It's, it's more effective 
probably five times more effective than what these doctors are giving out and what these insurance companies are so willingly paying for. So I'm just rambling here, but I I do hope there is more, and I, we'll probably get there, but we need more research on cannabis. We know a lot about it now, but we need more research on it. We need more research on how to use it to treat people. And what's infuriating is that at least for me, the evidence is there. There is something very positive about it. I'm not going to rule out the negative. No way. I'm not going to rule it out. But there is something very positive about it. And why not enable the smart people in this country to figure out ways to perfect it for our ailments? What's getting in the way of it? Why is there anything in the way? Especially for, it seems like uh, you know, society is starting to understand that there are some benefits to cannabis. And especially for me and our people in the same position as uh, I am, we see how it can be good for our loved ones. But anyways, I, I hope some of that made sense, this rant here. Um, I think I'm going to watch a movie by myself. I need to sit in a dark room and just look at a big screen and try to take a break from what's going on around here. Um, if any of you are going through schizophrenia or any kind of any kind of ailments of the mind, the body, the brain, or if you have family members that are suffering from it, um, just just know that I'm with you. I feel your pain. And others in the world also are in the same boat as us. It's hard to know that sometimes. It almost, it almost feels like when you're dealing with this, it, you feel very isolated. You feel very hopeless. And uh, I just, I want... Uh, I want you to know that um, it is hard, and we we were meant to go through these hardness, these hardships, and um, hopefully through it all, it can be revealed to us why we deal with this, why why life isn't a cakewalk, and we can figure out how to unravel this mystery of life. It's a it's a true mystery for sure. So. If you've listened to this point, thank you so much. Um, Have a good night. And also, thank you again to all of you who have helped me in my GoFundMe campaign. Uh, I'm going to go to Korea with very little worry about what expenses I'll have. Thanks to all of you. And uh, good night, everyone. And take it easy.